0: We love beating Mayo
1: lads.
0: (laughs) Poor old Mayo got an awful beating at the weekend as well. Poor old Kevin, he'd he'd be keeping the head down in Roscommon Town for a few days. Off the ball. Join
2: in the obsession.
1: Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join.
3: I'm delighted to be joined now by Lindsay Peterson from the University of Nebraska. Tell us a little bit about your role. I know, I think here in Ireland, we saw the viral video of the, the volleyball game that went viral all over the world for all the right reasons, because it did break the record for the the most attendance at a women's sporting event. Over 90,000 people were there, Lindsay. Maybe bring us back to that day first and and what that was like.
1: The day in itself was um, very surreal, very, it was just overwhelming to think how far we've come um, in women's sports and for the sport of volleyball and to witness the emotions not only of our athletes but those that had come before and really laid the foundation to get to this point and to see them in attendance and really see the impact and what the real raw emotions they felt um, was very it was indescribable. it was it was really touching and really really got our attention to see, wow, this has been a long time coming, but it also happened, if you think about it, it happened pretty quickly. And to think of where we continue to go from here is, is the sky's the limit and it's exciting.
3: Yeah, and it happened in volleyball, you know, it, it's probably not the most well known across the world for, for playing at mm-hmm. a high professional level, you know, I don't know, do we have many teams here in Ireland, we have a couple, yeah. all right, but, you know, that it was volleyball as well that, that done that, That it's
1: it's incredible. Yeah, and it, it, we have a loyal, very loyal fan base in Nebraska mm-hmm. and um, for our sporting events anyway, but for a women's sport to be inside a football stadium and, and to you know, exceed attendance, set a world record, but even the football stadium can't be that full because we were able to have fans down on the field. So that stadium will never be that full again for an event. And um, to think that we were able to accomplish that for a female sport is is really mind blowing. And, um, but I also think it, it allows us to see like what our future generations can dream of. And we hopefully inspired so many that day, not even just young girls, but just so many for this women's sports in general to um, really start following it and to get involved. And we've seen the effects of it throughout our our uh, volleyball season, the rest of our season, you saw in several different programs, we're able to break break records and the media following and the visibility we received Mm -hmm. just for the season were outstanding. And so um, I think it's it's really exciting, but I think it's just starting to touch on where women's sports can go. And talk to us a little bit about the, the plan and how it all came about that you wanted to go and break this record. Well, we had we initially had hold the record, held the record for attendance um, at a match, and then it was broken by our rival in Wisconsin. And the venue that they were able to break in, it was their basketball venue. We don't have a venue that um, would hold that capacity to be able to break that record. And so our only option was to take it outside and to play it in our football stadium. And at first, that was seemed like unrealistic to think about bringing an indoor sport outside and trying to play it. And then. The wheels started turning and we realized it was probably doable and um, we knew we were taking a great risk and there was a lot of question marks and um, you know would we be able to fill it our original thought was maybe we could get 50 60,000 there hopefully um, but when we saw the momentum once ticket sales started um, our expectation grew and then we knew we had the shot of filling the stadium and even doing setting a world record and so incredible amount of planning. Um, mm-hmm. it, it took, there were definitely a lot of things that had to fall into place to make it work. But once it occurred, I mean, to hear people make comments, that the emotion, the real emotion, they felt there was a lot of fans that had tears in their eyes, witnessing in it that they walked away with a greater feeling and memory from that than they did when they attend the football match games there that sell out every Saturday. So, um, that speaks volumes to how much the event impacted so many. Yeah, I think
3: that video, it gave everybody goosebumps. We got to watch it back today. And I remember where I was when I first seen it. I was like, whoa, like, yeah. you know, and I don't know much about volleyball, yeah. but I, you know, I left thinking... God, this is possible. And I think that's something that struck me that you took the risk. You know, you, you could have said, no, like that's not gonna be possible. 90,000, no way, you took the risk and you know, look
1: what happened. Yeah, we definitely ran into roadblocks that we had to mm-hmm. get creative. And every roadblock we had, you know, there was great doubt, I'm not gonna lie. There was a lot of doubt and nerves going into it. and. Um, but with every roadblock, we tried to find a way around it because we knew that this is something that was could be attainable. But it was worth it. I mean, if you're you're going to try to make a statement or try to do something that no one else has done, you have to get creative and not let a roadblock stop you and go around. And so, I think that was probably the biggest. Um, issue is with every roadblock we came up with another solution or another reason to try around it and we did take the risk and it did pay off i mean the reward was great from it Mm -hmm. um and that's that's what we learned from that and not that we want to take that risk every year and do that every year but um, it was well worth it and i was asking you just before we began about LGFA and if you've ever seen
3: a game and you said, you know, you're, you've watched a little bit and you're, you're going to hopefully come back and see yeah. a game, what advice would you give to the LGFA for taking those risks and maybe changing the
1: perception a little bit? Yeah, I think any type of change is uncomfortable. So you have to understand that it's not necessarily going to be a smooth mode. There's going to be peaks and valleys, but to really relish in the peaks and to use that momentum when you hit those valleys to keep propelling you forward and um, to not let... You know, a little bit of doubt or disappointment stop you. That you have a goal and a plan, and you've got to be willing to put yourself out there and keep fighting the battles. Um, and I think they're—they got everything. The momentum's going for them. They have the plan, and and they're willing to do it. And um, I. I really think that this women's sports in general has an opportunity to grow exponentially when given the visibility and the opportunity. And so for there to be the support to do this, to allow them to excel on the big stage is exciting.
3: Holly Murdoch, head of operations um, in women's football. Tell me a little bit about your role, Holly. So I, um, working on the
4: women's Barclays Women's Super League and Barclays Women's Championship mm-hmm. so they're the top two tiers of the domestic game in England um, so I lead the day-to-day running of the business mm-hmm. the, the league delivery and um, developing the future strategy
3: Well it was so inspiring I think to, to listen to you speak there at the launch I suppose you've yourself been in such a high role as a woman I'm sure you've faced your own challenges
4: Yeah yeah, I, I Um, People ask me this all the time. And I think I have worked in sport all of my career and sport has traditionally tended to be quite male dominated. I've never I don't know if that's just part of my my kind of personality, but I suppose I've never really thought about it being a challenge. And maybe that came from always working in sport. I've never known anything different. Um, I think that it is. I think there's something inside of you. If you want to work in women's sport in particular, yeah. you have to be someone somewhat of a bit of a, you know, someone who's getner. willing to, mm. get, to have doors shut but find other avenues to go down and, and keep going. So I, I don't think I've ever, I've never, you know, had any huge challenges in that space that i'm aware of but probably because i've just pushed through them as they've (laughs) come along
3: and we've definitely seen that like if you look at the the wsl you know the attendance figures are constantly being blown out of the water i think even just the perception the you know it's great to see why do you think it is changing i think i
4: I think there's a number of things i think one there has been this hasn't happened overnight Mm -hmm. you know there's been 10, 15, 20 years of incredibly hard work by brilliant people who've who've knocked down doors to make sure there is a Barclays Women's Super League Mm -hmm. um, and fought for investment and fought for the opportunity to do it and I think what is really shifting now is one, We've had huge successes in the major tournaments. You know, the Lionesses have really brought um, football home, quite literally. um, (laughs) They're talking to an Irish person. (laughs) (laughs) For the English. um, And um, the World Cup was phenomenal. And uh, during that World Cup, we had 93 um, players from the Women's Super League participate in that World Cup from all nations. Um, Mm -hmm. And... um, We were the highest, you know, we had the most amount of players participating in that World Cup. So having those moments where the globe is watching your game and being able to then translate that into domestic fandom has been phenomenal for us. So I think they are real moments in time that we've seen shifts Mm -hmm. in perception around our game and then material kind of change when it comes to attendances, viewership sponsorship opportunities broadcast deals and you know we did our first uh, broadcast deal three or four years ago now so having having women's football on free-to-air television is is huge you know just kind of changing that that it's out there and people are watching it so mm-hmm. it's a really exciting time for the game
3: how do you change perception you know if there's people out there that have never been to a women's game just because I suppose they don't follow a team, they they don't know anything about it. But how do you change that perception to say, look, give it a chance, go out and, and see, and I'm sure your mind will be changed when yeah. you see the skill levels. Yeah, I think
4: I think there's shifting perceptions, but there's also creating awareness. Mm-hmm. So I think initially creating that awareness. So um, I think there's probably many people that don't even know how to engage with women's sport. Uh, they uh, using myself as a sample size, you know. I'll say to the parents at my kid's school, did you know that Aston Villa women, I live in North Birmingham, um, are playing this weekend against Man United? Like, do you want to go with the kids? And they are like, oh, I didn't even realise it was happening. Yeah. I'd love to go. So I think the initial barrier we've got to break down is awareness. And um, we have to do that through approaching our product, women's mm-hmm. football um, or women's sport, in a very different way to probably have traditionally sport has been sold or or created awareness around. Um, We have to market it, you know, we have to build kind of great um, marketing campaigns and work with media partners to make sure that we're talking about it. So we can start to read that, build that awareness, which will then help shift that perception that, you know, once people are aware it's there, then perceptions will change, you know, and they'll start to participate and, and attend those games.
3: And it's about having icons as well. I know that was mentioned today. You know, someone we have is Katie McCabe. Mm, you know, playing yeah, with great. Arsenal. Yeah, and she's known all over the world now. Yeah, I suppose it's about building those profiles too.
4: Oh no, absolutely. I mean, um we have phenomenal athletes playing in our league. They're phenomenal individuals. You know, they're athletes, but. They, they really want to change things. You know, you, you see you know, Katie, Leah, Mary Earps, you yeah. know, my God, there's too many names to mention. <laughs> yeah. They're all out there kind of fighting the fight for women's sport and creating kind of new narratives and engaging a new audience. You know, it's it's fascinating to now watch, you know, young boys and girls really engaging with these individuals because we know that many of our fans follow players, not clubs, yeah. um, and we, we really want to, you know, do what we can can do to support those athletes as they're kinda of going through this journey. And my God that what they're doing for our game is phenomenal and eternally grateful for what they're doing and let's continue to make that happen.
3: Long may it continue. Thank you so much Holly for joining me. Pleasure. Cheers. Emma Duggan delighted to be joined by you. and um, we're in January so that means one thing pre season. <laughs> How is things going?
2: Yeah, all good. Um we've been back a good a good one now probably the guts of two months now early november so we've got a good block of work done and um, so we're well prepared going into the league now
3: Ah, oh, brilliant and what is it like obviously new management in this year
2: yeah it's, it's different again obviously we had new management last year and obviously new new management again this year so it is different but the lads have been really good you know they're so organized they're so prepared they're really driven really motivated so i suppose get the team back up to the top where mm-hmm. we want to be as well so um so far so good
3: and what was it like last year? Obviously, it must have been a, a bit of a challenge. You know, Davy stepped away the Leinster after the Leinster final against Dublin. So, you know, that's right in the middle of the season. That's not easy for for any team.
2: Yeah, it was it was a massive challenge. It really was, and I'd be lying to say otherwise. If you know, you know, things never really go as smoothly as you know what's portrayed in the media or whatever. But you know, it was different for us. Obviously, we we'd come off the back of. You know probably really four successful years you know between intermediate and senior and stuff like that so you know it's difficult to keep you know motivation high and hunger hunger levels high when you've you know had such successful years so it was always going to be difficult last year and um, we probably didn't plan for it to go the way it did, but look, that happens, and you know, it's, it's given us a kick in our step now this year, and we really want to push on and get back to the top, and you know, I, I suppose right the wrongs from last year as well.
3: Yeah, I was speaking to Sean Ennis not that long ago, and that was something that I got from her. It felt like it was maybe a, a kick in the right direction. This happened to us, but we're hungrier than ever. Like she was saying, I can't wait to get back, and I said, like, geez, are you not enjoying the break? <laughs> but she was really eager just to get back in with me, then to, to go again.
2: Yeah absolutely and I think you know because we've had you know we've been really lucky to have the good days we've had you know it, it makes you want them mm. even more and especially after last year like losing in that All-Iron all quarter final like it, it really is devastating knowing you're out you know that early and then you're watching on on our All-Iron our final day thinking you know that was us last year and that could have been us but it just didn't work out that way but it really does motivate you and I think everyone has proven that this year and you know we set up the core group that stuck around but equally we've brought in new girls and there's you know girls that are chomping at the bit there to get in and and get their get a me jersey and make their debut you know some have never played for me before Mm. which is really good it freshens things up and I think that's what we need you know a mixture of probably a bad year last year to motivate the, the you know the girls that have stuck around and then the new girls that have come in, they've seen the success that we've had and, and they want some of that as well. So it's 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 really good. It's a good mix at the minute.
3: Yeah, it's having that knock on effect and like for you, you're so young, but you're like the household name within me. You know, there's obviously yeah. there's a number of girls, but how do you find all of that at such a young age?
2: Yeah, do you know what? I, I nearly feel like one of the older girls yeah. at the minute, um, <laughs> just because I suppose I, I've been lucky. I have good experience, and I've you know I'm coming into my fifth season now, which is kind of hard to believe as yeah. well. um So yeah, I probably am a little bit more experienced than you know a lot of the girls today, which which is nice, you know you know I like being in an ear for them you know if they're struggling with anything you know coming into a setup like that it can be quite daunting and um, so it's it's good to be able to you know share same my experience with them and, and try help them as much as I can and um, but it is it's weird because I'm probably that in between or where I'm still young but at the same time I've probably been <laughs> there thereabouts for a long time so. And when you look back at winning those All-Irelands like
3: three All-Irelands intermediate then you have two senior All-Irelands you know, having those experiences and those moments, you know, in Crow Park to be there with the Brendan Martin
2: Cup, your family, your club mates, like all there supporting you, like that's stuff of dreams really. Yeah, it's 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 invaluable experience really, you know, getting to play in Crow Park and on an all, on all Ireland final day, like you really can't beat it and you know, I'm one of the lucky few really footballers that get to do it. You know, you, some people go through their whole career having maybe never played in Crow yeah. Park or never played in all Ireland final, so I really am lucky and, and I'm blessed and to be able to share that with the new girls as well is good but you know, a lot of them they're not phased by a lot of things either. You know, they're coming in with, you know, no pressures, no anything. They just wanna they just wanna play for me then they wanna get into the team and which is really nice to see and I think it's all just it's just pushing us on as, as much as we can
3: and we've seen that Vicky Walls off playing in the, in the Ireland 7s at the minute I'm sure you're delighted for her but at the same time wanted her to, to play her, for yeah. me <laughs> um,
0: yeah,
2: what was no, it like when she said I'm going playing play in rugby um, yeah she I think she, she had said it to myself and Katie knew there one of the days she said look girls it was actually quite of um, you know just a kind of a passing common thing you know she didn't really like sit us down as such but yeah. you know I probably knew it was coming um, you know and as much as you know i wanted to play for me then i'd love her and i'd love to play with her but um for an athlete like herself, I think these opportunities are always gonna come about. Um, I think it was it was pretty off the bat for her as well. I'm not sure she was expected. I think it was actually this time last year that the, the first rumour started circulating about it and I was I was saying to people that's not true. There's no truth in that. I don't know where it's coming from. That's but what I felt like when she, I read it. Yeah, she had said it as well initially so I think it was it was quite a surprise for her about you know how it all came about. But, you know, she, she's loving it. And um, I think it's it's a massive challenge for her. Um, you know, it's obviously it's a new game and um, it's quite technical and it's, it's, it's just very very new for her um, so she's finding a massive challenge but that's Vicky all over she'll thrive in, in pressure environments like that so um, she's doing great and you know she's working really hard to to get what she wants from this yeah and obviously the aim is to go to the Olympic Games yeah what would it mean to to have your friend from Des Moines at the Olympics that'd be pretty cool yeah do you know I I don't think about it too much but you know myself and the girls are saying we we have to get over Uh, and please God she gets there and I've no doubt that she will we'll have to get over for some sort of day trip or something I think it is kind of clashing with championship and stuff like that's fallen summertime which will be a busy time but um I will have to get over and support her. It'll be a dream come true for her, it'll be a dream come true for us as well and um I suppose being able to show our support for her um even though we slightly hate her for her yeah. but being able to show our support will be will be brilliant and um please God she gets there now. Is there any chance she could come back, say,
3: after July? It's in July, the Olympics any chance she could come back? Is there?
2: Are you holding out some hope. <laughs> um, I, 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 don't. I don't really think so. Um, no. I won't even put that out there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very slim chance. And um, mm. just as well she's in a contract anyway. Yeah. And so, um, that kind of brings about difficulties, but i know look i think she's just focused on the job at hand i don't think she's thinking about you know she's she's a, she's enough sports to be thinking about yeah so i don't think she's thinking too much about that but you know vicky's always going to kind of be involved in some way um as well you know she's obviously a really good friend to a lot of us off the pitch but you know she she has a lot of passion for me than she always will so to stay somewhat involved um, i know she'll be she'll be chomping at the bit to do that as well so And for you looking at that,
3: you know, to see Vicky playing at that level, she's obviously been over at the AFLW like so many of the the girls have been in professional and semi-professional environments. Is that something that you're like,
2: you know, I, I I want to do something like that. I want to be in a professional sporting environment yeah look it's obviously appealing like any kind of sports person Um, would always kind of dream of being a professional and dedicating their whole life really to that sport and and day to day living just think about sport like it's what we do generally but Mm -hmm. we have to work a job as well but you know it's for me right now like I, I can't even think about that stuff you know I have so much to think about with me then there's so much to look forward to and there's you know so many exciting times and obviously I'm still in college and you know I'm really enjoying that so Right now, obviously, as much as you know, kinda of AFLW is out there at the minute and there's so many players going over, um, it's obviously something that's kinda of in the back of your head and it's one of these experiences you'd nearly, you know, feel bad for giving up. But you know, I, I love football back here. I love playing for Meath. Um it's such a passion, I could never imagine myself not playing for Meath. So um for now that's definitely where I'm fixed. Brilliant. And today at the launch, you know, we heard so many different statistics
3: on attendances at games and one of the statistics was that 59% of people said they have never attended a women's sporting event. Did that shock you at all?
2: Yeah, I think that was probably the one standout stat. I'd say that that shocked me. It was probably one of the first ones and I was thinking oh my god like 59% is an outrageous figure like it really is. You think of the amount of people that you know a a lot of my friends are you know interested in sport and a lot of people that you talk in women's sport and a lot of people you talk about have you know, say followed even you know me, ladies in the rise and stuff like that, or like you know big Dublin fans and stuff. You know all this kind of stuff, and to see that nearly 60% of people have never been to a ladies' game, like a, a women's sport, it, it really is kind of eye-opening. And um, mm. you know, there's obviously a lot of things that we need to, as much as we say it's come on leaps and bounds, that that's, that stat is definitely kind of, you know, it throws you back a bit. And you're thinking, you know, what more? can we really do to to prove to people that you know it's an attractive game yeah um, and that you know we work just as hard as the men and you know I think that you know the product out there and what we produce is is pretty good and it's of a pretty high standard so and um, we kind of have to have to look at that a lot and I think it just shows that as much as we have come on there's just so much work there to be done as well
3: yeah like how do you change the perception I would have thought it has changed quite a lot like you know, say for you within Ireland, me Dunboyne, like everybody knows your name. You know, they they do, and um, because they've seen what you've done out there in Crow Park, probably the All Irelands, especially because of the amount of people that watch that. You know, they've seen it and they they've seen the the skill level that's been produced as well. So, you do sort of think, well, what else can we do? More, more coverage, more interviews. I, I don't know what else can. Can everyone do?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, listening there today, like, there's there's a lot of things that probably need to still improve. You know, people were talking about there, like, visibility, you know, accessibility, you mm-hmm. know. Obviously, like, the, the, the normal things like funding and stuff like that, that's always kind of be, going to be an issue, really. Um, yeah. But that, that does obviously need to be fixed. And um, I think that is one issue with the GPA are trying to push as well. Um, but I think visibility definitely. Um, I think perceptions have changed. But I remember speaking before about kind of the language people use nearly for like ladies' football versus say men's football. You know, words such as like physicality or ladies aren't strong enough and this that, and the other. Like we do as much work in the gym and this that and the other. Like it's it's nearly the language that people use around women in sport. Um, is so so important and if we can even kind of. You know how, you, how you'd how you even fix that put words in people's mouth but like yeah. you know, that kind of thing um, it's just not aware so of, of it make, make people aware of it as well um, but I definitely think yeah look media coverage has come on you know leaps and bounds as well and you know there is a lot surrounding it but then you look at you know say a men's game coming up and what you see about that mm. you know a lot of the time you kind of have to look up what time and where a ladies game is where a men's game you just know off the bat because you're seeing it so many times yeah. a day on the, on the internet as well so you know it is different things like that but there's there's so much more to it. I think you'd be here all day nearly talking about what you can yeah. do. Well, you do have a game coming up.
3: <laughs> yeah. So it's next weekend against Mayo is the, the first round of the league. So you'll be itching to get back out there
2: in the green and gold. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it feels like it's been so long since we played a competitive game. Me, like we were knocked out in mid-July there against Kerry. So it's been <laughs> it's been the guts of six months now. So, um, you know, it'll be... It's, it's really exciting to get going again it's probably going to be a new look team and um, that you're going to see really against Mayo probably um, so it is exciting um, especially with you know new management and I think um, it'll hopefully hopefully it'll be a good start and um, it'll push us on for the year as well Is there any players
3: we should be looking out for any up and coming that are shining and training already or
2: Yeah like I said there's been um, a good few new girls in there um, I think obviously Kier Smith is one name I think from screen she's mm. been up and coming for a few years she's been in the panel probably two or three years now Um and she's always pushing on, but this year she, she really does have a pep in her step and I think it's going to be a big year for her, hopefully. you know She stays injury-free and, and finds a bit of form as well for herself. Um, she's going to be a massive player for us this year and the years to come. Um, and obviously Royal Wales won club championship there in Mead this year so there's a few players in from them, Ella moyles Carla Keeley, mm. um and you know, you have your your Nevi G is backing <laughs> at it as well. So uh she's full of full of energy as usual. So you know you have your core group still there, but like that, um there is a uh, there is a few new girls um as well chomping at the bit. So So we are trying to get back to the top? We absolutely are trying to get back to the top, yeah, that's that's the main aim. So um look there's there's so much work to do. We are far from the finished product yet you know it's only early in the year but like it's a long season so um hopefully we can we can get back there yeah brilliant Emma Duggan thank you thank you very much delighted to be
3: joined now by Kira Brown from Antrim Kira, how's things are you back in pre-season training (laughs) it's that time of year (laughs) yeah
0: definitely um we've been back in pre-season from November now so we're just looking forward to getting out on the pitch eventually how has it been November, that's a, it's a long time <sighs> for pre season. Yeah, it's been hard, I can't lie. But if it isn't hard, then it's not beneficial. So I think it's just been more with the weather being so cold and trying to find pitches and stuff. But overall, we've been training hard and it's going well. So.
3: Oh, that's good. And obviously, you've come straight from club into the, the county setup. And then obviously, you have college on top of that as well.
0: Yeah, so a lot going on at the minute with university and um, Antrim too. But both setups are quite good working. To gather mm. um just to avoid any overlaps and stuff so overall it hasn't been too bad
3: and for Antrim, the the growth in football over the last number of years you know is something that i think everybody is talking about you definitely see that it, it is going to to new heights and that's exactly what you want as a player yeah definitely we are on the up um
0: It was always just only Antrim or just Antrim and now I feel like people fear us a wee bit more, which is great to have and great to see Um, and especially our support as well. I feel like that's been a big aspect of us over the years, Um, our growing support and just so many people out behind us and pushing us on, helping
3: us get over the line. And for you, like, what, what is the, the ultimate goal? Obviously, it's to be here in the Senior All-Ireland and you know playing in Crow Park, but obviously you've been out in Crow Park now to get a taste for that and wanting to get back there, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. I think everybody's ultimate
0: goal is to finish up in Crow Park with the trophy. Um, but overall, this year, we are rebuilding and mm. we have lost a lot of depth. So um, all I'm really looking this year is for girls to step up, um, especially just being... Um, made the new captain there recently. Mm-hmm. We've lost a lot of experience, for example, Cathy Carey, who was our former captain there, um, which is a hard l- loss to take. But overall, I feel like this year we just want to be able to push through, get the girls and everybody else
3: to take another step up and hopefully come out on top. And here at the launch today, you know, we were hearing so many probably stark stats about the, the game, the attendance figures um, of women's sport and as a whole. Um, you know, there was 59% said that they have never, ever been to a women's game of, of any sort, any sporting event. Did that shock you at all? Yeah, absolutely crazy, to be honest. Um, but you have also seen
0: over the years, especially as a lot of the people this morning were saying, just the growth mm-hmm. um, that you've seen, because whenever I was younger, I went to Croke Park every single year to watch the ladies finals um, and have also been to watch the men's finals and it was a huge difference in both Um, but over the years you can see ladies growing a lot even just the last few years there and the crowd being so much more bigger so much less seats that um, were filled yeah Uh, the years before you could just see more empty seats than there was filled seats so now just being able to get such a good crowd out so much better.
3: Yeah, I was speaking to Emma Duggan from Mead about it there, just about changing people's perception, like what can you do? And one of the things that she said is sometimes the language around the the ladies game, she said sometimes that's something that people could be more aware of that when they're talking about the the women's game, you know, they used, maybe not using physicality and things like this. And she was saying to me like, you know, we train just as hard. We're in the gym just as much. You know, maybe people could be more aware of the, the language they use around the game. Yes, 100%, I feel like just with the
0: gender basis then people do be like oh for example men are stronger men are this men are that but to be honest like we put in exactly the same amount of work that the men have like our senior ladies if you would see our senior men training obviously it's different trainings but we're there every night the same amount of nights that the boys are out We're there doing our gym sessions doing our extra fitness eating properly all these different things like the girls is just as hard as any males football is as well it's obviously on different
3: levels but i believe that the girls work just as hard if not harder than the men And do you get the support, say, from the senior men's team in Antrim? Do you ever feel like they come out and and watch us? Um, Well, I'm not going to say no, but I feel like that we
0: could have a lot more support from um, the senior men, not just them in general, maybe just the male population as a whole. Um, But we do have our people that come out and watch. For example, um, you've got Declan Lynch and stuff come out and support Anya, who's now his wife. Mm people like that, for example, and you see them around a lot. um, And even just having them there makes you do feel like they are coming to support you a bit more, makes you want to push harder to, Mm. I'll say show off, not show off, but you know what I mean? Just to show them that we are the good standard, that we are um,
3: as good. Just as good as the voice, and that the skill levels are just as high i think that's the the big thing like when we see the attendance figures at the the all ireland's that it was up in fifty thousand, you know one of the years and it's always up in the high 40 thousands you know people see that wow the, the game is at a really really high level and that's what we want consistently how can we get that amount of people consistently out you know to, to constantly be following the game yeah big time i actually
0: mentioned that earlier on this morning too that just over the years um especially as trying to get out of division four football um, every single year the skills better the fitness is better just everything about it the games just improving every single year upon year um, mm-hmm. so hopefully with that the improvement of the skills and the fitness and just the level of enjoyment of it comes with it too and that the support will help grow then too because it is more interesting to watch.
3: Yeah and how important is it for you as a player to
0: have fans there? Big time I feel like that's one of the big things if you're going t- down the match and maybe some distance to travel and you know that there's not going to be a lot of fans I feel like that would play on my mind as a player just knowing that there's not going to be as much there because when you do have a lot of people behind you it definitely, definitely stands out when the crowd's going, when you score if you get dispossessed, they're there to push you on Mm -hmm. win the ball back it just has such a big um, effect on your performance
3: overall and in Antrim, is there any player in particular, any up-and-coming player we should be watching out for? I feel like this year we have a lot of youth stepping in mm-hmm. and stepping through, and we do have our group
0: of core players, for example, Ardahan, Hunsey, Mahal and Theresa Mallon, like everybody coming through, Gina Coleman, everybody's really stepping up this year, but we do have a lot of youth coming through as well, like Hannah Donaghy from St Bridget's. Um, a lot of young girls stepping up this year, so you will be excited to see them playing.
3: Yeah, and I think that's what it's all about, you know, blending that youth and experience. and um, That's the winning formula, we're yeah. always told, and we always see it, you know, big time. And so far, all them girls have really took
0: a step up in the our senior panel this year, and there is no difference between any of us. Everybody's working hard and going for it, so I'm excited to get, for them to get their chance this year to show as well.